Thunderhill here again, and I'm here to get you out of the doom and gloom reports of everyday life by bringing a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, by dishing up some of my own real life stories from behind my bifocals and adding uplifting and humorous stories from others. There's lots of different things to share with you this podcast. Clara is taking this month off to be with her family for Christmas now that COVID restrictions have lifted. However, she sent me this poem to read to you, which is her version of Twas the Night Before Christmas at the Kravitz household. What a hoot. We'll follow up with a story about a magical bank. You won't want to miss The Wiles of a Woman, an unusual tale about a funeral dog, and we'll finish up with tips for handling telemarketers and junk mail. Now here is Clara's poem she wrote just for you. Twas the night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring. Cranky cat ate the mouse. My girdle was hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas would notice it there. Crabby dog was nestled at the foot of the bed while visions of doggy bones danced in his head. And I in my jammies and a whiskey nightcap, dreaming of Santa sitting right on my lap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I tripped over Cranky Cat, who was now much, much flatter. I tore open the window not a second to miss. I hoped I could catch Santa and blow him a kiss. A bright moon was lighting the new-fallen snow. It looked like Santa was beginning to glow. Crabby Dog was beside me looking up to the roof, and there plopped Santa, looking quite aloof. He was a little old man with a beard that was thick. Now I knew why they called him Old St. Nick. Like a bolt of lightning, the reindeer they came. I tried to yell out at them and call them by name. Hey, Masher, hey, Stancer, hey, Minion Vexens. I lifted my glass, added more whiskey and mixins. Get off my roof or the cops I will call. Hit the road, fly away, and don't ever call. They took off as I staggered and tried to stand up, though still Twinkies I ate were trying to come up. So off of my roof up the deer they did fly. Rudolph's nose lifted up with not a goodbye. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof, they had forgotten old Santa. Oh gosh, what a goof. I reached for my arrows and a rifle as well, and just then old Santa down the chimney he fell, with a huge bag of goodies tied to his back. I told Crabby Dog Santa wasn't a snack. His breathing belabored, his feet he were a dragon. Crabby Dog was delighted, his tail was a wagon. He was dressed all in red in a sloppy old hat. He could hardly move because he was... Too fat! He groaned as he brushed against our huge Christmas tree and politely informed me he just had to pee. He had a round face and a huge rotund belly that was looser and floppier than any bowl full of jelly. He came towards me. His lips held a smile. I could tell by his breath he hadn't brushed for a while. How he came down that chimney without getting stuck is a wonder to me he was such a schmuck. 
I said not a thing and drank from my glass. My speech it was slurring. I let out some gas. As he flew up the chimney, I got to thinking. He must have discovered that I was a-drinking. He yelled for the reindeer not to forget him that night, took him back there to get him, and they continue in flight. I ran outside and raised my glassy eyes to the sky. Merry Christmas to all. Can they really fly? I turned to the tree and saw with delight presents for all of us. It gave such a fright. A dog bone for dog and catnip for cat and a huge bottle of whiskey. Wow, I could drink that. I ran to the window and smiling out there was Santa waving his hair in the air. Merry Christmas, Miss Clara, he laughed with good cheer. Next year, forget whiskey and just leave me a beer. I guess with that, she's signing off and she sends you a Merry Christmas to all my fans. See you next year, she said. I look forward to it, Clara. Now here's the magical bank. Imagine that you had won the following prize in a contest. Each morning your bank would deposit $86,400 in your private account for you to spend. However, this prize has rules, just as any game has, certain rules. The first set of rules would be everything that you didn't spend during each day would be taken away from you. You may not simply transfer money into some other account. You may only spend it. Each morning upon awakening, the bank opens your account with another $86,400 for that day. The second set of rules. The bank can end the game without warning. At any time, it can say it's over. The game is over. It can close the account and you will not receive a new one. What would you personally do? You would buy anything and everything you wanted, right? Not only for yourself, but for all people you love, right? Even for people you don't know because you couldn't possibly spend it all on yourself, right? You would try to spend every cent and use it all, right? Actually, this game is reality. Each of us is in possession of such a magical bank. We just can't seem to see it. The magical bank is time. Each morning we awaken to receive 86,400 seconds as a gift of life. And when we go to sleep at night, any remaining time is not credited to us. What we haven't lived up to that day is forever lost. Yesterday is forever gone. Each morning the account is refilled, but the bank can dissolve your account at any time without warning. So what will you do with your 86,400 seconds? Those seconds are worth so much more than the same amount in dollars. Think about that. And always think of this. Enjoy every second of your life. Because time races by so much quicker than you think. The past is over. You can't change it. Live for the future. So take care of yourself. Be happy. Love deeply. And enjoy life. Now here is the wiles of a woman. Have you ever seen a $20 bill all crumpled up? Asked the wife. No, he said. 
She gave him a sexy little smile, slowly reached into her cleavage and pulled out a crumpled $20 bill. Have you ever seen a $50 bill all crumpled up, she asked. No, he said. She gave him another sexy little smile, seductively reached into her knickers and pulled out a crumpled $50 bill. Now, she said, have you ever seen $30,000 all crumpled up? No, he said, intrigued. Well, go and take a quick look in the garage. Now here's one about a funeral dog. An Italian man was leaving a convenience store with his espresso when he noticed a most unusual Italian funeral procession approaching the nearby cemetery. A black hearse was followed by a second black hearse about 50 feet behind the first one. Behind the second hearse was a solitary Italian man walking a dog on a leash. Behind him, a short distance back, were about 200 men walking single file. The man couldn't stand the curiosity. He respectfully approached the Italian man walking the dog and said, I'm so sorry for your loss. And this may be a bad time to disturb you, but I've never seen an Italian funeral like this. Whose funeral is it? My wife's. What happened to her? She yelled at me and my dog attacked and killed her. He inquired further, but who's in the second hearse? The Italian man answered, my mother-in-law. She was trying to help my wife when the dog turned on her. A very poignant and touching moment of Italian brotherhood and silence passed between the two men. Can I borrow the dog? The man replied. Get in line. Now here's some tips for handling telemarketers. Three little words that work. One, the three little words are, hold on please. Seeing this while putting down your phone and walking off instead of hanging up immediately would make each telemarketing call so much more time consuming that boiler room sales would grind to a halt. Then when you eventually hear the phone company's beep, beep, beep tone, you know it's time to go back and hang up your headset, which has efficiently completed its task. Two, do you ever get those annoying phone calls with no one on the other end? This is a telemarketing technique where a machine makes phone calls and records the time of day when a person answers the phone. This technique is used to determine the best time of day for a real salesperson to call back and get someone at home. What you can do after answering, if you notice there's no one there, is to immediately start hitting your number sign button on the phone six or seven times as quickly as possible. This confuses the machine that dialed the call and it kicks your number out of their system. Gosh, what a shame not to have your name in their system any longer. Three, junk mail. When you get those pre-approved letters in the mail for everything from credit cards to second mortgages and simple type junk, do not throw away the return envelope. Put this in your other junk mail in this envelope and return it all in the free return envelopes. That was from Andy Rooney, CBS Newsman. If you enjoy Life with Aunt Lizzie, please leave us a review on iTunes 
or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love to bring you these uplifting and fun pieces of humor and sometimes thought-provoking articles. And if you'd like to receive our Chatterbox News where you'll find all kinds of fun things to bring a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, please visit www.lifewithauntlizzie.com. And by the way, Lizzie is spelled L-I-Z-Z-I-E. And sign up for your free personal copy. Thank you for visiting with us this week, and we look forward to tickling your funny bone on further episodes. Meanwhile, take care, keep smiling, until the next time, bye for now.